coming to you live from the Overlook Hotel. It's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and let me explain something to you. Whenever you come here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me, and it'll then take me time to get back where I was. Understand? We're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm here and you hear me talking, or whether you don't hear me talking, whatever the fuck you hear me doing, when I'm here, it means that I am working, and that means that you don't come in. Now, do you think you can handle that? It's weird hearing you swear. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Playing with me forever and ever and ever here in the hotel. He's the little boy who lives in my mouth. It's Chris. Chris says it's here. <laughs> and secondly, all work and no play makes him a dull boy. It's Andy. That's very true. It's very true. Andy does like to play. We are the 10 Point Podcast. You can find us everywhere on the internet that does podcasts, everywhere on your phone that does podcasts. You can find us. Just type 10 Point Podcast into your podcast app. You will find us. Type it into the internet and you will find us in a whole billion different places. 10pointpodcast.com is our website. You can find us there. Uh, 10pointpodcast.com is where you can send us sponsorship offers like alcohol that Chris wants, uh, like the way he was suffering there. Yeah. I've got a bar to stock <laughs> up. <laughs> and he's got his new bar to stock up, exactly. Uh, 10pointpodcast.com, we want to hear from you. Send us emails there. You can contact us on Twitter and on Facebook, 10pointpodcast on those two. You can watch our 10-point podcast broadcasts on YouTube. And also you can see us on Spotify, the video versions oh, on there. And also, I already didn't interrupt. If you're a director and want us to do your film, at least be a good film. Because I've had four now. Oh, really? <laughs> I've had four different direct... Well, I think two was a director, the one I sent you originally, that did the <laughs> Canadian Film Festival or something like that. And then, yeah, there's been three other ones that have all done festivals and want us to review their film. So, yeah. no. <laughs> I want something better or give me some money for it. Maybe, yeah. We don't do free sponsorship over here. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But at least we're, we're getting the offers. Yeah, so, they must be thank goddamn you. desperate if they want us to review their film. But. <laughs> thank you for your interest going to the world's 100th most popular movie podcast. I don't know, they yeah. can just use their contacts and get actual decent films coming past us. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah exactly. like if you want us to review the new Black Panther, then Marvel, hook us up, Disney, like Mickey yeah. Mouse, give us a call, we're over there. It's Michael Mouse, we're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go, that's all your information. We better crack on because this is going to be a lot of information that <laughs> next hour or so. Point number one on the podcast this week, what's the point? The point is the 1980 horror drama The Shining, brought to us by Warner Brothers Pictures that we have done a whole bunch of times before, as follows. The Goonies, Little Shop of Horrors, Batman Returns, Falling Down, Demolition Man, Batman Begins, which is funny that, that comes after Batman Returns, The Prestige, Rock and Roller, Beautiful Creatures that I've already forgotten we did, and Edge of Tomorrow. They're all the films. Beautiful Creatures has got to do really bad, like the pointies. I cannot even remember that. <laughs> it could be a close of everything it's in. I know. Uh, and also produced by Hawk Films. Uh, I believe that's Stanley Kubrick's production company because they make all the Stanley Kubrick films. So this is face of brilliantness. It's going to get it's absolutely like half a glass of gin in there. Uh, where did I get to in my notes? I got to Based on yeah. The Shining. Based on the novel by the same name by Stephen King. Famously, though, with lots of story changes that I'm sure we'll get into as the podcast goes on. We've done Stephen King twice before. We did Misery, which actually is quite similar oh, to yeah. this. And we did The Running Man that he wrote under a pseudonym, 
Uh, he was Richard something else. We did that film, but we've done him twice before. The screenplay was co-written by Diane Johnson, who literally made wrote this with Stanley Kubrick and nothing else. So I don't know what happened there. So this was written and directed by Stanley Kubrick, one of the most famous and most praised directors of all time. Uh, he did films such as, you may have heard of them, Spartacus, Doctor Strangelove, 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, The Shining, The Full Metal Jacket, and An Eyes Wide Shut was his final film in 1999. The film stars as Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson. Famous for being in such films as Easy Rider, Chinatown, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest before being in The Shining, Afterwards was in Batman, A Few Good Men, As Good As It Gets, and The Departed. And in, in doing my research, found that Jack uh, Nicholson hasn't really acted for about the last 10 years, which is something that hadn't jumped out at me. I thought he was dead for a second. I was like, where's <laughs> Jack Nicholson been? Like, oh, he's still alive. He just must have retired because he has made quite a lot of money in movies over the years. Co-starring uh, with Jack Nicholson as Wendy Torrance, Shelley Duvall. Her... Four most famous roles, according to the internet, all came in the space of three years, which were Annie Hall, Three Women, The Shining, and then Popeye. And that, that was all between 1977 and 1980. All of those films came out one, basically one after another. And that was kind of her height of popularity. Since then, she was in Time Bandits and then Suburban Commando, the Hulk Hogan movie, uh, which I just saw the title of. I was like, why do I know that film? This is a Hulk Hogan film. Uh, but that's basically it. She's been retired even longer than Jack Nicholson. Uh, so she's not done a hell of a lot since. And they were the only two names to come before the credits. So I just stuck with them as our main stars, uh, main stars of the movie. The Shining, made on a budget of $19 million, its first weekend in the US took in $600,000 just. Its final US gross, this must be of all time, is $45.5 million. So it has more than doubled its budget in that time. I think it's of all time because it apparently was very kind of critically and audience panned when it first came out and people didn't like it, which also went to why Stanley Kubrick didn't make another film till Full Metal Jacket seven years later. So I think the 45 and a half million must be of all time. The final worldwide is 47 million of all time. So I don't have only made one and a half million outside of the US. Doesn't seem like a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, it made a lot of money. It's more of an enduring home video rental than it and TV uh, film than it was one people went to see at the cinemas. Released 13th of June 1980 in the US. Was the 5th of October 1980 in the UK. So a good Halloween film over in the UK meant that it qualified for the 81 awards season. At the so-called Major Awards of 1981, it only registered at one of our Major Awards ceremonies that we acknowledge, the 1981 Razzies, <laughs> where it got two nominations. Oh. Nominated for Worst Actress, Shelley Duvall. Oh, that's brutal. She lost to Brooke Shields from The Blue Lagoon, which I'm assuming is pretty <laughs> <laughs> I said a Blue Lagoon. But this year, as of us talking, 2022, Shelley Duvall's nomination was rescinded this year after the Razzies had discovered that her performance was impacted by Kubrick's treatment of her throughout filming, yeah. which has long been legend and story and, and yeah. known that she had a tough time. But all I can really find about it is that he just wanted like dozens upon hundreds of takes of everything and he wanted everything to be perfect. And she struggled because obviously half the film she's running about in an absolute state, crying her eyes out, panicked. It reminded it's hard to keep that going, take after take. But she herself has said that she never bore any ill will towards Stanley Kubrick. So on her behalf, basically, the Razzies have said, OK, well, we take away that nomination. Uh, so she she was nominated, but now is not nominated, but not because of how good she was, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, one other nomination, speaking of, Worst Director. 
Stanley Kubrick was nominated. Lost to Robert Greenwald for Xanadu, which is the film that came up on our Grease podcast because yeah. that's the one that Sandy, what's her name again? Olivia Newton-John, uh, that she was in uh, basically after Grease. On to the actual major awards ceremony of that year, the Saturn Awards. Four nominations for the Shining at the Saturn Awards. Best Music, it lost to Somewhere in Time. Can't say I'm familiar with it. Best Director, to ar- to arguing with the Razzies. However, he lost to Irvin Kirshner. Does that name ring a bell? Aye, it does, yeah. Why? Star Wars. He directed Empire Strikes Back in 1980. So that won Best Director. Best Supporting Actor at the Saturn Awards, Scatman Crothers in the role of Halloran. He won the Saturn Awards for Best Supporting Actor. And then Best Horror Film of the Year, The Shining Lost to the Howling. It was the Best Horror Film of the Year. So only one win out of four at Saturn Awards. Synopsis for The Shining brought to us by Nick. Hey, Thesaurus Nick, as we call him on the podcast here. And once again, I've not read this. I just saw Nick's name and I took his synopsis away from him. Haunted by a persistent writer's block, the aspiring author and recovering alcoholic Jack Torrance drags his wife Wendy and gifted son Danny up snow-capped Colorado's secluded Overlook Hotel after taking up a job as an off-season caretaker. As the cavernous hotel shuts down for the season, the manager gives Jack a grand tour and the facility's chef, the ageing Mr Halloran, has a fascinating chat with Danny about a rare psychic gift called The Shining, making sure to warn him about the hotel's abandoned rooms and, in particular, the off-limits room 237. However, instead of overcoming the dismal creative rut, little by little, Jack starts losing his mind. Trapped in an unforgiving environment of seemingly endless snowstorms and a gargantuan silent prison riddled with strange occurrences and eerie visions, now the incessant voices inside Jack's head demand sacrifice. Is Jack <laughs> capable of murder? Amazing. There we go. That's what Nick We said. need to get Nick on here. I think I we do. I think it's all to shame these fucking linguistics. <laughs> yes, it's very good at summing up. That was a, a good synopsis of what the film is about. Who picked the film? It wasn't me. It was The Wheel of Sean last week. So we can't ask Sean why he picked it. Uh, I can say why I wanted to pick it, which is I wanted to pick a horror film for Halloween, and I thought you guys wouldn't pick The Shining. And also, it's not a Halloween, it's not a kind of horror film that you can pigeonhole. Like it's not a zombie film, and it's yeah. not a vampire film. And it's not a slasher, and it's not a jump scare. It's something else altogether. So I'll pick this. I also had a t-shirt I could have worn. Um, <laughs> have we seen it before? I've seen it at least ten times before, I reckon. I've right. seen it. But the version... I watched both two versions this time. And the second version is like I'd seen a completely different film. Because there was bits I had no idea had ever happened before. In doing my research, I found out that I had only ever seen the 113-minute European version of the film on yep. my... 2001 Shining <laughs> that I have in 4-3 aspect ratio oh, it's not geez. even widescreen <laughs> it's the only version of The Shining I've ever seen that's why, that's why I got the extended Blu-ray version exactly, so I have never seen the 144 minutes a half hour extra which is called the US version yeah. that is now commonly available to everybody I've never I, seen like, I just watched it I, watched, I think I've got the same DVD as you Bruce because I was just watching it and I going okay and then I watched the one that Andy put up and I was like what the fuck? I've never seen it. What the fuck's happened? How have I missed this before? <laughs> I went back and put the DVD in. And I was like, okay, now it makes sense. So I found out only this time through because I watched the film because I, I, I like the film. I thought I own the DVD. I'm going to watch it. I watched it and I didn't do much note taking. I'll do two this week. 
Uh, and I watched it again, took all my notes, went like that, and I thought, right, I'm going to do, as I said, I was watched the documentary Room 237, the, basically the conspiracy nuts film about <laughs> The Shining. And they're going through it, and there's this there's little clips of scenes, and, oh, this little bit here tells you this. And I'm like, what the hell's that? That must be a little <laughs> scene. And, it's another, and it happens about three or four times in the first ten minutes of the, of the documentary. It's like, is there some of The Shining I've never seen before? Yeah, partly half an hour. So to this minute, I have still never seen this half hour of The Shining. So on my Christmas list is going to be the extended Blu-ray Shining, whatever it was. Like I think 20 years is long enough for me to have had this DVD. Are we, are we going to talk about bits that you're just like, yeah, half an hour of it is missing. So yeah, there's definitely a bit you haven't seen. Uh, so which channel would we normally find it on then? I'm gonna say uh, Thorn Four. I would, say, I would say ITV. ITV. Ah, surely not ITV. Just, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, I feel like it's always film four. It's always my yeah. answer. So it's just kind of films we pick. Uh, I might have to do away with that particular uh, criteria, I think. Right, on to point two then. The high points. What was like, the best bits and things of the film were? Since Sean's not able to speak for himself and I was going to pick it anyway, I'll start. The opening shot of the film is the first high point. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, you've got the camera flying up the lake all the way the flying over the car GTA style I've got written in my notes here uh, and then it's spectacular unbelievable scenery and the only thing that makes it scary is the yeah. that's used to hear that it is synonymous with this film uh, yeah and then the ooh, <laughs> noises as well start coming. like I, can't, I don't remember that noise but yeah but uh, yeah it's spectacular amazing it's a helicopter shot i have again never knew that necessarily i, I could work out with the helicopter but i didn't know it was a helicopter shot because i've always had the four three aspect ratio <laughs> in the way, you could see the shadow of the helicopter on the screen version, which i've never seen um uh, yeah. i'm dipping my low point sorry but the the opening credits themselves were a bit shit as nick put it was like a powerpoint presentation just the blue <laughs> yeah. going up yeah. Yeah, very, very underwhelmed. Very, very 1970s. It's yeah. like, oh, we'll just type it out, it'll be fine. <laughs> also, that drive must have taken him more than three hours. It's in three and a half. That was like a fucking 24-hour drive, that. That's there and back, and then back with the family again. It's like, that's a hell of a lot of time just going up the hill. Uh, so, yeah, that's my first high point. Basically, the next bit is my next high point. The interview itself is my next high point. with The, the interview with Mr. Ullman. Uh, which is basically, I've got my first question of the whole podcast. Would you take this job? Is the first yeah. question. Yes. As long well, as the money's good, yeah. With, with, with a few caveats. So basically, I would say yes back then with the money being good, with the one caveat where the bar would have to still be stopped. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which it's still on. Oh, maybe it's not still on the ground. No, it looks like they kind of were taking shit away. Yeah. They, they explained like they take away because it's for their insurance purposes. Yeah. Again, that might not be in the bar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But also, he is an recovering alcoholic, so therefore it's probably a plus that there's no alcohol yeah. there. No, they definitely the said it's for the insurance purposes, but there is like a scene where they're packing up like rugs and furniture. Yeah. So uh, they must have removal vans. But yeah, I would take the job if the bar was still there and it was like all inclusive there. Sorry. Right. Nowadays, I would take it if they had a decent internet connection. And I'd that's that's exactly where I'd be TV. right now. There's no way I can go there without Xbox or something. Yeah. That's totally what I was thinking. Was I would have to have kind of constant internet would have to be the unless i'm able to take as much baggage as they had that much in like dvds and blu-rays with me like that's all the only way i could get through it was being able to watch but what i would do as well i would just let it run down to the yeah. last week that they're coming back and just run a bit like a headless chicken just fix everything <laughs> yeah but I'll tell you what. one little room and let it just 
turn to shit and then fix it afterwards. <laughs> like revising for an exam on the last <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. if, if I had to do what he did with no alcohol and no internet, I reckon give me three days and I'm already where he is at. <laughs> <You're far laughs> <laughs> Isolated alone, fucking hell, gone. Straight away. Succumbed to whatever evil there was within three days, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the interview itself is a really good scene uh, and I very much enjoy, uh, it's, it's going to get nominated for Michael Pena for me, Mr. Ullman's tale of the previous caretaker, yeah. it's our previous caretaker, Mr. Grady. He does it really, really well. Uh, but yeah, the scene itself is a really good scene in the interview. Jack Nicholson playing friendly happy-go-lucky i want to get the job jack before he becomes other jack later on in the film I, I, there's little twinklings of other jack when they this is what you're gonna miss they, they explain the arm story from yeah. Danny in a cutscene scene when this is happening right okay. and then the um on the drive back up he's kind of seems a bit pissy like they're talking about the air he's just kind of going mm-hmm yeah, yeah. talking yeah. about that well you should have had your fucking breakfast in and then, oh, he learned about it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can see there's like a twig. I don't think it was the hotel. He's just a, a prick. Well, there's definitely suggestions that, well, it's outright said that he had hurt Danny previously. That he had, and he, he explains it away that he was trying to help him. Oh, he was trying to get him off the ground out of the way and he yanked him a little bit too hard with a little tiny bit too much pressure or something. That's like that. what, um, do you know the scene where he's in the, he's looking in the mirror, Danny brushing his teeth or whatever, he's talking to Tony. Yeah, and he has that kind of fit. Right after that, there's a doctor there checking on him, and I'd never seen this before. Yep. And I was like, "Oh, right." And then she starts explaining the story about how Jack dislocated his shoulder. Right. Okay. So I've never seen that scene. That I only yeah. seen bits of that in the documentary. That's how. But I know that scene exists. But yeah, I've never seen him having a fit before. <laughs> so like, she again doesn't blame him. So she's been quite nice about it. Yeah. But later on, when like you just mentioned, he's talking about it. And he thinks she's holds a grudge against him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, it explains why she's so quick to jump to attack him when Danny comes in with his collar ripped. Yeah. Which, uh, like, he, he was quite soundly asleep on that table when she yeah. found him. I'd be impressive to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so my next high point, I, I would let you jump in, but it's basically the next bit is my next high point again. So it's closing day when they arrive back and, and the place is shutting down. And I like the idea of the tour where Mr. Allman is taking them out. Because basically it gives you an idea, like it basically tells you this is where your film's going to be playing out. Yeah. And then on a rewatch, you see all the different bits. And, ah, yeah, that bit. And I, oh, that's the first time we saw that. And remember what happened there. It's a really good, it's like a tour of the film before the film happens. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's even better in the extended version because there's probably more bits that happen yep. more of the bits that are shown. But the, uh, so yeah, that's my next high point. Right? I'll, I'll step back a bit and someone else. Oh, my, my one's pretty much as they're doing a tour. When you finally get to see Hong Kong Fooey, aka, <laughs> AKA Scatman. Scatman? Is he Hong Kong Fooey? He is Hong Kong Fooey. I never connected them. I did not know that. I've actually yeah. put my Hong Kong Fooey t shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like this guy. It's like straight away, it's like, I like this guy. Yeah. And then he's taking you around the pantry, the kitchen. And I'm like, all of it. It's like, that's a kitchen. And it's like, Steve. Oh, oh, that meat. The meat the freezer. Meat freezer. Oh, oh, yeah. Just uh, all that food. It's like, yep, that's a high point right there. Food straight away. <laughs> but no, just, everything that Scatman does, just I like him. He brings a yeah. good energy. He seems yeah. like a nice man. Uh, I do have a low point about about him, but it's not him. Is this him lying in the bed? Because that's that's weird. Uh, we'll come to that. <laughs> yeah. one, no, actually, I've got two low points about him, but I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, he's, he's very great. good at it, and yes. also he's he's a nice character as well. Yes. I've uh, got a lot of like high points. This is a lot of bits, but yeah. my like my actual next high point is. 
uh, it's kind of general, like Jack's descent into madness. Yeah. How it's just like a slow burn to start off with. Every now and again, it'll be the first time that Wendy, like you and your opening speech, when he kind of walks in and he's fucking flips on her yeah. for whatever reason. I, I, I feel his energy though. Like, not, I'm not a writer necessarily, but there are times where you're trying to do something and someone comes in just to say hi and check up on you and all that. It's like, you're interrupting my flow. Like, this is, I'm doing my thing here. Like, say, in the middle of the podcast, if someone came into the room and started talking to us, like, oh, it's uh, nice to see you, but I'm kind yeah. of in the middle of this here. I, 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 I like that. The kids come to the door and I was like, fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, but yeah, he, he definitely, that's the first absolute sign of, okay, Jack's maybe not doing too well here. Uh, but it's, for me, it's not the first time I realised what happened is that I don't not realise the devil is in, and that's later on I realise the devil is in. But you skipped over one of my high points, but Jack's descent definitely will keep coming up. It is and The title card is one month later right after, so this is basically when yeah. it starts to happen. You start with, it's the first time you see Danny on his trike going through. Oh, the, yeah, his little trike is great. That is my high point right there. Yeah, I it's love the different sounds when he's doing it and he's going over the carpet and, yeah. like, I don't know how they filmed that, but I'm hoping it's another guy on a trike behind him just following him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because well, I wonder how they did it. Because, yeah, yeah it's like, just the sounds, because it's like really quiet at that point as well. And it's just like, and it's like carpet was quiet, and it's back onto the floorboards. It's like, oh, it's brilliant. He could have just like, he went all over a bit. It was like that big. I mean, he could have just got like an actual motorbike and just went around the whole bit. <laughs> the, um, in the documentary I was watching, someone broke down that the, so there's three journeys that you follow Danny on his trike. And the first one, he does a lap around, I think it's around the Colorado suite, basically the what Andy says with the carpet floor, carpet floor, carpet floor. And the second one, he's higher, he's like a level above doing a sort of, not a loop, but he does a, a little circuit up above. And then the third time, which is when the shit is really hitting the fan, he does an impossible journey where he meets the girls, where he goes basically down a corridor that's downstairs, round a bend that happens to be upstairs all of a sudden, and then goes round the bend and finds them. Huh. So that's representative of the place just going to hell. But yeah, it's, yeah. If it's a, because they spent so much of the first half of the film setting up kind of what the map of the Outlook Hotel is, that's when it's totally broken, where he just goes around a bend and he's in a different part of the building altogether. There's a lot of dolls. Uh, uh, you know. I know, yeah. The, the Grady twins, they keep getting referred to, but at one point they, they say that they're 10 and 8 years old, so I'm not actually sure. If dogs, but, that uh, kind of confused me a little bit. They look like twins, I'll say that much. So along with Danny and his strike, Jack throwing the ball off the wall is 100% what I would end up doing if I didn't have internet. Or <laughs> is. I would just be playing with a tennis ball the entire time. And even the way he's like bouncing it off the ground and then catching it and then like, I'd just be like doing like fancy stuff and just amusing myself and all that. I would, my, the kind of throw that I've got, I would take a couple of those lights out with me. <laughs> the one, one where he actually throws it in the wall, it looks like it's just going straight for like the chandelier that's yeah. hanging there, but you missed it, obviously. Uh, and that, that whole scene, the, the section that ends is with the with Wendy and Danny in the maze, and then Jack looking down at the map of the maze, and it cut into the top-down view that I'm assuming is of the actual maze, with the two of them in the middle of it. It's just an incredible bit of directing. Uh, well, to go from looking at the mini maze, to zooming in down on them in the actual maze, and then that, that was the end of that. I was just like, every bit of that one after the other was really, really I just cool. love the maze. Anything to do with the maze is a high point for me. It looked extraordinarily big and complicated. Like, you see the map, like the yeah. model version of it. Well, I've got a different, another low point. It's a magical vanishing maze because it wasn't there in the over flyover in the first scene. Oh, yes, that is a movie mistake. Yeah, and also the hotel itself is totally different. As in, the overlook that's there, the hotel they used to be the overlook, has a middle spire thing. 
And then yeah. when they built the exterior over in London, when they filmed over London, they just took out the middle bit, and the building's like a, a third as long. It's time. <laughs> so the, like there are this, the, the building changes shape throughout. Not just Danny on the trike, not just the maze disappearing. It's it's a spectacular place. And who else has got a high point? All right, I'm gonna go for it. When they find in the manuscript, that's that's a proper high point. That like you can see because already seen like inklings of him being a bit crazy, but. Which just looks at it and it's just repeat of repeat of uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And it seems mm. like that's basically all he has written the entire time, is that? So I don't know exactly how, that... how I'd write a book. <laughs> <laughs> all typing and no yeah. play. It's just, uh, that's looking like I'm busy. It's got to be, what, two, three months worth he's done and that's all he's written. Aye. And like, it... She like flips through like at least like 15 or 16 pages and it's just like different styles and it's just the same word though i wonder why he did the funny spacing on like what, what demon possessed him to go space 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 and to make it into a triangle like, <laughs> in his head he's like actually typing a story and it's the world's greatest story but it just comes out as all work and no play but i reckon you can publish that as a book and pricks all you can't, i'm sure you can buy that it would be a what they got a hipster favorite some oh, would say oh it's it's the, it's the art piece of art of <laughs> they'll the read into it it's like oh at this moment here he is having a delightful time and you're like Right, you see. see how it's a triangle now. That means that he is descending yeah. and his his mood is getting it's, lower. Uh, he's wanting it because that's the womanly shape. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Could you, you wait until I've wrote my script for my movie? Oh, fuck, I love it. <laughs> I mean, nothing but fat fucking dick shapes all over the page. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, oh, he's definitely so, starring in it. Uh, just before we find out that Jack had only written the exact same thing, this is when I first think that the devil is clearly in them is the nightmare that I mentioned where oh, he's just yeah. lying face down on his desk just going ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and he wakes up saying he's had the worst nightmare he's ever had which is quite clearly that was when whatever thing it was that's controlling him is telling him this is what I want you to go and do as soon as that uh, happened I'd be out of the hotel so right that's it get in the car we're going well right yeah. just do it as an experiment Chris right tonight right <laughs> It's probably a good thing the kids are staying somebody else tonight. Just, just like fall asleep and they just like make some noises and then like did Nicholas wake you up? Go, all right. I had the worst dream. I killed you and the kids. <laughs> just see what her reaction is because I feel like she took it way too well. She wants to get the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we should all just do that as an experiment because yeah, she was like, oh, don't worry, it's just just a dream. And then suddenly, if like um, thingy had the kid hadn't come in. She was comforting him. He's just, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll be like, no, oh, that was real. That felt real. Like, run, <laughs> bitch, run. <laughs> That's probably the, the, the only point in this film that he's actually been him. He's yeah. not like, yeah. assumes that he's like, he's at that point. He's like, because she came into the room that he was typing in. Well, at the same time he was asleep in. <laughs> and like, kind of sorted him out. And he's like, actually quite okay with it. Because even in the interview, you can tell he's putting on a facade. Like, oh, I'm, I'm Jack. I'm really, I'm the man you want. And then it's like he's being dad in the car, but you see he's being a bit pissy. But you're right, that's the genuine Jack came through there for like a minute, and then yeah. Danny came in. <laughs> the first time he becomes himself, and she thinks he's beating up the sun. That was the, the first <laughs> thing that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, next... that's, uh, before that, I think it's when Jack says he's going to sleep, but he's just sitting on the edge of the bed, and Danny comes in because he wants his fire truck. And he just comes in, oh, come give your dad a cuddle or something like that. Uh, any other film, it would be a nice, sweet moment. But this time, it's, it's weird and yeah, creepy. Really it's at that point where I, I'm, I won't nominate him for stupidest kid or most annoying kid, but Danny does the whole kid thing of, do you like it here? And like, yes, I like it here. Do you? 
yeah, I guess it's all right. You should say, no, I hate it here. You're going to kill everybody and we're all going to die. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, kids just need to spit these things. Like, when you don't like something, tell that you don't like something. Uh, my, my next high point is Jack in the gold room for the first time, but we can combine them all together. Him and Lloyd at the bar. This is Jack Nicholson at his best in the film, I think, is him getting his booze, seeing ghosts or whatever it is, and just him being wide-eyed and just being crazy yeah. and telling the time that Danny was on the threw his papers on the floor and all this sort of stuff. That is that is the best Jack Nicholson in the film, I think. Even like, before, like it must have been after the the whole dancing because he's walking along a room just like flailing his arms around oh yeah yeah just, <laughs> just as it goes in yeah it's amazing uh and then the second time he's in the gold him and grady in the men's room uh which is the, the, when the party's going this on grady opens up questions was he like a descendant <laughs> of other grady or is it actual the actual grady well, that's what we just have to not know, work out, or discuss. I don't know. I think everyone's got their opinion on this. Uh, he is Grady. Like, he says, I saw your picture in the newspaper. So he is him. But yeah. then well, we'll go on to the end at some point. We'll, we'll save these for the end discussion. Let's do that. Uh, but him and Grady, that's when you finally find out, okay, there is bad things, bad people here, and they want jack to do bad things and you need to correct your family and all that sort of stuff it's a very yeah. a very good scene and that's the that first was, like, oh. yeah it was like i had a daughter and uh, two daughters and wife i corrected them yeah like, oh, okay <laughs> yeah so it's a very good scene that's the first okay there is now a villain and we have to get our heroes out of here uh, i like that uh and then that's he goes to get Wendy and chases her up the stairs and she's got the bat as they go backwards up the stairs is my next one where he's like all crazy and give me the bat I keep getting this conflated with the Simpsons version where Homer yeah. oh, yeah. give me the bat give me the bat boo <laughs> he doesn't do that and then she gets a full on whack on the head <laughs> like he really goes for it and then her dragging him into the, the larder genius uh, it's br- yeah. brilliant yeah a brilliant move uh, and that, that's my my next high point is just the, the whole scene of again it's Nicholson just he just goes to 100 out of 100 and just, oh yeah it's when he's actually locked in the ladder he's just like I'm gonna get the snow cut and leave oh I've got a surprise yeah. for you who yeah. just tap in the door and you're like oh yeah fucking brilliant and the bit before that where he's like oh I'm not feeling so well maybe you should yeah. get a doctor and then you go it kind of goes from doing but to being all angry it's like she listening she's falling for it it's just a, a great bit as well but yeah him, my, my last high point is just him limping around trying to chase after him with an axe little pigs little yeah. pigs <laughs> this, oh, it's just, this, this is just him turned up to like oh, 11 all the way now yeah it's like 100, 101 out of 100 yeah. years now yeah I really I love the axe on the door but not just him hitting that. It's when he goes that way, the camera follows him and then yeah. follows him back again. There's just something so impactful about the way the camera follows him every time he hits something with the axe. We were it's talking just... about the like Shelley Duvall getting fucking what's the word? Um, I don't know, horrified or treated horrifically for this thing. It works for this film because that scene in the bathroom, her looking like she's actually scared for her life. Yeah, and the axe comes through. It's yeah. fucking great. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, more like, practical effects. To say that she was even eligible for worst actress is really harsh. I think. Like she's she she plays the whole thing a bit weird. Like she's a bit unusual. But I don't feel like she's like oh, roll my eyes at how bad she's acting when she's actually. Doing... Remind me of one of our friends' other half just continuously. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I won't delve any further. Uh, I don't want to out anybody. But, uh... uh, that's like that whole scene before. Like, there's so much going on as well because that's that's just before 
just after Danny's whole red rum thing. And then, like, just you think it's kind of over, you just hear the thud of the door, and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? What's happening now? And then here's <laughs> at, the yeah. axe coming through. At the worst time possible, here's the axe coming, yeah. Uh, and I've only really got one more high point. Which... Um, I've got another one, like Jack killing Dick. Like, what? here he is, he's travelled this whole thing, I don't know what, maybe, how do you say, like five, six hours in the plane or whatever. Miami to... to Denver is what he flew. Uh, so the, the entire breadth of America he flew. And like it's not even across, it's it's the south southeast to the northwest, basically, is where he's going or the, the, the west. And he comes northwest, to you, you think he's gonna save a day and then out of nowhere, bang, axe to the chest. It is one of my absolute favourite things about this film is that you have the side plot of the other guy with the shining who can save the day spend his entire film coming to save the day just to get immediately <laughs> murdered in the lobby <laughs> when he gets there. It's just, I just love it. It's not the sort of thing that you've, you've probably never been seen in a film before prior to this. And then anytime anyone does it now, it just makes me think of Halloran getting yeah. got, for old Scatman getting got when he gets here. And that's my final high point. So you've got another one, Chris, going. Uh, it's not really a high point. It's just a question. The ending. The, the ending. Right. Go. I've got it in low points because I still don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's a quite a lot of stuff that just they don't explain, which I think works for it because it's just one of these ones you're watching, like, okay, why are they doing that? But you never find out. Like the photo was was there like a Jack descendant, or is it him now being sucked into the photo through his soul? Yeah. It's just everybody's got their their own opinion on it. So when we get to movies within movies. I have got the nine best theories that Room 237 threw out. Okay. Um, but, so we could wait to hear them if you like. Uh, but us wait. Right, yeah. we'll wait. I'll go yeah, through I'll them. I'll make people listen to a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the Stick end, we can kind of come up with our own theory, uh, basically. Some of them are theories about the film. Some of them are theories about what's happening in the film. But yeah, we'll come to that later. But yeah, my final low point would be I still don't know really what the ending means. But let's go on to low points, uh, what we thought the worst bits and things were of the film. Andy, why don't you start us off? Uh, I'm going to say their entire plan of not having a ski like thing. Like I know they kind of half mention it. Like This hotel should be around all year. The whole reason mm-hmm. why they don't is because uh, I clean the road. That hotel could easily accommodate thousands and thousands of people, even if skiing wasn't that popular back when it was first built. Do it now! Yeah, the, whole the more that business. road gets travelled, the more they've actually got a road to get in. And it just annoyed the shit out of me. It's like, right, so you've got a caretaker. Your your whole hotel is shut for, was it, five months yeah. of the year? It's like, nah, there's got to be a better plan than this. <laughs> and then you remove all the alcohol, <sighs> rugs, ra- random bits yeah. of furniture. It's just like, why, why are you packing all this shit up? It's like, where's it going? <laughs> well, they had a removal truck outside. Yeah, where's seats. it going? <laughs> it's like, They've taken all of this stuff. Like, sure, they got a storage shed or something. It's like, or maybe a giant empty hotel that it could all sit in somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It just annoyed me when it's like, up until that point, I was like, all right, they're building up, and it's just like, I'm just knocked off by this good scene with him going around, like learning everything. But then just all these bellings, like, no, why are you locking <laughs> it down? So my first low point is in the middle of the tours as well, which is the first time that men, Mendy. Wendy and Danny meet Halloran and Halloran calls Danny Doc. Yeah. And she's like, why did you call him Doc? And I'm like, he seems like exactly the kind of person I would expect. Like a friendly, yes. kind of older gentleman. First time he's met a little kid. Hey, hey buddy, hey pal. Like Doc, I'm assuming um, 
Bugs Bunny was quite popular yeah, he back then. Like, you just could yeah. what's up, Doc? Yes. It's like I would not question. I was like, why is we call him that all the time? There's something funny going on here. It's like, yeah. no, it's totally something that would plausible yeah. for him to say. Uh, so yeah, that was my first little point. It's like, why are you calling him? literally just after that as well. He's um, the actual shining bit. Like he's talking to think, oh, I've got the shining power too. And then he goes, is there anything about the hotel you want to know? And he goes, yeah. What what about room two three seven? Don't ask about that room. How dare you? There's nothing in there. He's like, well, you fucking asked a kid. Oh, <laughs> while you're talking about it, my, my lowest of low points is The Shining. Yeah. Like, what? what's the point and why was it even needed? It's like, weird, yeah. <laughs> because you could just have Jack just going nuts. You don't need the kid to be able to talk to a dude miles away through The Shining not give him any heads up that his dad's going to go nuts. Or he could have had that without it. He could just like try to phone up going, oh, how's things yeah. going? There's, there's, not no, an answer. there's no payoff to The Shining except for bringing Ewan McGregor into it. <laughs> yeah, the next film. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Z- they definitely do more for Shining, as it were, in Doctor Sleep than they yes. do in The Shining, which is maybe... Oh, I think that's another point of the film, as they explain what The Shining didn't explain. Yeah. Like Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just I feel like The Shining, like they should have just called this Overlook Hotel or something. When, It'd be a great film. When I think of The Shining, The Shining ability itself is not one of the top 20, well, 25 things. I keep I forgetting think it's actually got that ability. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to play into it that much. Uh, my actual next low point, again, is a little nit- nitpicky one. It comes immediately after what we were talking about before there, is given all the choices, who picks chocolate ice cream? Like nobody picks chocolate ice cream, <laughs> do they? Am, am I wrong here? Oh, like, no, and uh, it's either Jaws or Jaws 2 when they see the shark. He goes, what kind of ice cream? Chocolate. No, he says coffee, which is even weirder. Oh, that's, that's even weirder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, your, your base three ice creams, vanilla, strawberry, chocolate. No one picks chocolate, do they? It's, you go strawberry, really, but vanilla, it, like, you can't go wrong yeah, with vanilla. Was it called Neapolitan? Yeah, Everyone exactly. eats the strawberry and the vanilla, leaves the chocolate. Chocolate's Nobody always like No one goes chocolate. Like, okay, if chocolate fudge brown, brownie or chocolate caramel, if it's one of the fancy ones, maybe. But just <laughs> 1980... Given the choice of the three, I would imagine you don't go yeah. chocolate ice cream. Um, so my next little point, Andy's in, implied something about it earlier on. Mr. Halloran's taste in art is Hi. a low point. <laughs> I mean, he has even, low taste, I would say. It's not even that. It's just the fact he's sitting there in his bed and <laughs> in such a weird position. Like, I don't know. Do you guys put your pillows under your feet and just sit there? Because no. that's, no. that's, that's a bit weird. But then just like watching the TV with just a big naked woman there. And then it's like, all right. Kind of makes sense the position of that TV naked woman, but they just have another big one right behind him as well. <laughs> it's just like this guy with a pair of. I mean, it's art, but is he getting pleasure out of it? I, I, it's just weird. Can you imagine inviting some over and they walk in and go, "Fucking hell, that's a big naked lady." <laughs> okay. Yeah, but the TV's exactly. there. I don't think there's too many uh, callers at the house. Like, don't, no one's staying over. But of course, he does live in Denver for seven months of the year. So I'm assuming he's not that busy. Speaking of naked ladies, a horrible old lady. <laughs> yeah, my next, my next little point. The bathroom in room oh. 237. You yeah. think, I, I keep forgetting about this because like, you just see the naked lady and she's like, oh, oh we're getting into some action now. And then you're like, oh, oh God. The whole thing, uh, we talked about MacGuffins recently on the podcast. For me, Room 237 is a MacGuffin in this, yeah. in this film, where they talk about it, 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 they go in there, it's random, doesn't really connect, are we supposed to think that's Mrs. Grady? Like, is that what we're supposed to think? And then, she doesn't really apply to anything else, 
it just means ah, the evil has now been released. It's like why did it have to be a horrible mm. naked old granny that releases the evil? And then yeah, room two three seven. Ah, well, it's done now. He's done. We're we'll back to the hotel again. It's just like oh. Uh, yeah, that reminds me of the other random room of the man, the man dog noshing away another guy. <laughs> what where was, the fuck did that come from? I was so hoping that wasn't going to come up because. Uh... Like I've that. never seen it before in my life. You never seen that? That's, I don't that's remember ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, I had him coming up later on, so yes, that is definitely a low point. But I'll, I'll save. I'll keep it. Like, she's uh, like, I was gonna say low point is Wendy can't run. What the fuck? No. And then she's like doing a little drangling thing upstairs, and he just stops and look at him and goes like, "What, what the fuck am I looking at?" And then you see this dog mask come up. And you're like, "Oh, what the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> I tell you what, though, she does successfully not fall over needlessly, which is uh, yeah, like a plus for her horror movie running. She doesn't fall over. Uh, yeah, kind of, when the creepy stuff starts happening, it's some of the, the lower points in it. And my final low point is me not understanding what happens at the end. Right. So. Oh, before you get into that, I've got one low point before that. Right, little Timmy. He finds the perfect hiding spot. It does. Nobody oh, in a fuck. fucking million years is going to find him at That's all. And then... He gets out just as his dad's about to run down the corner. Like, like, you were safe. The hallway the whole yeah. time. You never have found him. Never have found him. Like, this kid is a genius. Even in the maze, he's like, wait there. He's going to follow my footprints. I'll back. Like, this kid is smart. However, he does defeat him by going into the maze. So he does. He wouldn't or, have, like... Carry on. He said, or he could have just stayed in that little pantry... Away from raptors, and he would have been. <laughs> I don't the thing is like I don't think Jack would have died wandering in the hotel, but he did die in the maze. That's the only thing I think he he would have to have come out of there at some point. Uh, but yeah, it, he, it was a perfect hiding spot. No way yeah. he was finding him in there ever. Uh, yeah, and I'm just at the end. We're not really understanding who's dead, who's alive, so we can save that for later. Any more for you, Chris? Uh, one more. Wendy trying to open the pantry. It really annoyed me. Like, oh yeah, so the little fucking thing. thing. I just what? pulled out the thing. He's like, just fucking lift it. Yeah. I keep pulling out, I was like, oh my god, just left the pin. I, 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 who was it? Fucking Howland did that as soon as you walked in. Yeah. Just yeah, lifted so, the pin yeah. and opened it, but it's like, oh. It, it may not be in the, the most state, best state to be opening it, but yeah, it, it, like after the tenth time you've rattled it, you would look at it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, that's low points dealt with. On to point four on the podcast the stats. No shits whatsoever, but one F, F one F, nine F bombs. Once the devil gets in Jack, he starts swearing up a storm as well. No explosions whatsoever to be expected, I suppose. That will come in and Doctor Sleep when we get there. <laughs> deaths. Now, Jack is actually only like, culpable for one death. He kills Halloran, and then he himself dies. But we also do see the Grady twins dead as well. So basically, they count as deaths. Like if you count count horror a body count in a horror film, I would say four is what we've got through. But it's it's meant to be a really horrifying, scary, murderous rampage. But actually, there's two or four yeah. deaths in this film. There's one actual murder that we see. Yeah, one murder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the quota is no cows and no goats up in the, the hills of Denver, well, and no dead animals. <laughs> oh my god, I suppose I oh, bunch of dead animals in the freezer. Uh, no paedophiles on room two three seven. The documentary. Someone implied that there was some sexual abuse of Danny. But I never got that no. from my version of the film, and you guys clearly did for another one. So no paedophiles. The devil, possibly, definitely evil spirits. But I'm yeah, not I want sure. To say Lloyd might have been the devil. Lloyd, Lloyd could have been the devil. He did act very devilish, didn't yeah. he? He could have been devil drink and all that. Yeah. KKK or Nazi, not uh, present. However, Grady is 100% a racist. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Most definitely. Uh, he was not a fan of Halloran. Tom Cruise trifecta, running only for any of our main characters. Nobody rode a motorcycle and nobody got the girl. Not even Jack, he didn't get the girl. Uh, he was trying for most of the film. Uh, he did get one, technically two. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. And did they say the thing? Did they say The Shining? Aye. Three times. Oh, in my version, only the once, and that was Halloran. Uh, uh, well, they're talking not say The Shining a couple, few times. He mentioned, it says Shine a couple times more, oh, okay. but it actually only says Shining. <laughs> And they're having a conversation. We used to have conversations at opening mouse. We called it shiny. Okay. Uh, Chris, any stats from you? Yeah, I put a lot of effort into this one. Of the pages we see of all work and no play, which makes Jack a dull boy, it is written correctly 345 times. <laughs> you please tell me you didn't actually do this properly and you cheated. No, I did actually. <laughs> I, I, at one point, I carried every single version. I realised... That there's mistakes, and I went, oh my fucking god! So go. I went back go. and did it again, because I want to put some effort in for once. <laughs> commitment to his art. Thank yeah. you, Chris. Very good. It, it, well, like the actual thing it was that we see, like at one point is, I was trying to do it on my phone, but then I watched the TV, and as I zoomed out, I could see a lot more, so it made it a lot <laughs> easier. But um, yeah, oh, it's so written well. over five hundred times that we see it on the screen. You're mad. But thank you. That uh, is and also, Danny says red rum 52 times. I thought about doing how often Danny and how often red rum is said, but I thought I've already got enough of my notes, so I don't need any more than that. So I'm done for at least six weeks. I'm not putting out anything else. You're now, you're now available to do whatever you want for stats for the time being. Yeah. Andy, 10 point podcast quiz is point five. Over to you for the quiz. Right. This one is called You Don't Know Jack. Hey. <laughs> Uh, we'll go back to the old school format of just going back and forth. Nothing fancy. You'll get okay. it as you go along. Nice and easy. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I think I'll go first. I think it's my turn to go first. I'm not sure. Okay. Which actor portrayed Jack in Titanic? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Now you could probably catch on what the You Don't Know Jack is about here. Mm-hmm. Chris, which Jack Black movie is set in a music classroom? School of Rock. Correct. Bruce, mm-hmm. who are Peter and Jack Banning related to in the movie, or how are they related to in the movie Hook? Peter and Jack Banning. Banning. Oh, is Jack Peter's son? Yes, father and son. Yay. Chris. Yes. Who plays the character Jack in the movie Legend? Tom Cruise. Yes, it is. What's the film Legend? What's that? Oh, that's actually banger. That's good. I'll put it on the list then if you've ever yeah, seen it. Yeah, put it on the list. I don't know yeah. it often. Unless I'm completely blanking, I don't know it. Right. Carry on with the quiz. There's another film to add in subconsciously. Uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves portrays Jack Tavern in which movie? Oh. Keanu Reeves, Jack it comes up quite a lot so I'm going to guess The Devil's Advocate oh Chris damn um, 47 running no speed oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> overthinking it big time <laughs> <laughs> uh, where am I going Chris Kurt Russell stars as Jack O'Neill in which 1994 oh. science fiction movie Stargate yes it is uh, I'll that one. I'm glad you got that. Bruce, 
Which actor starred as Fish Bang in Logan Lucky? Fish Bang. Whoa, what? All right. Uh, no. That wouldn't make sense. So it's Jack somebody. <laughs> Jack. Fish Bang in Logan Lucky. Jack. <laughs> Going to throw over to Chris. Oh, over I don't to Chris. Know. It's all over? Yeah. yeah I'm going to say Daniel Craig. Is that his character's real name is Jack? That's uh, Jack Quaid. Oh. Ah. <laughs> oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like at the fairgrounds. Yeah. I have them in my head at the fairgrounds. They're kind of like uh, accomplices for the yeah. election. Oh. Uh, where am I going now? Chris. Chris first. Uh, which movie did Jack Nicholson star as an author alongside Helen Hunt and Cuban Gooden Jr.? Still more for Cuban Cooper Jr. Uh, uh, she's all that. Is it as good as it gets? It's ah. as good as it gets, yes. Uh, that, I, that's kind of what you were going for, Chris, wasn't it? Was that, yeah. yeah. Uh, who voices Jack Skeleton in The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, I don't know. There's, I actually... two, there's two answers for this. I'll take uh, anyone. I, I don't even have an answer. I'm sorry. I, my nightmare for Christmas is knowledge is very low. Chris? Um, I'm a Johnny Depp. I know it's not him at all. No, it was Danny Elfman does all the singing of Jack Skellington. Does and he? Chris Sharon does all the speaking parts of it. Never really got that. No. I, 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 uh, well, where are we going? Chris first. Uh, Jack. Oh, fucking hell, this is a long name. <laughs> <laughs> I hate actors with really like long names. I can't. Jack Dylan Grazier stars as Eddie Capsbank in which 19, uh, two, blah, 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 2017 horror what? film and its 2019 sequel? Reading between the lines, it makes it easy. I think I've got it. I think. Uh, I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> Scream? I don't fucking know. Wait, which, know which, what... which Jack starred in two horror films? Uh, no, you said which, which films is it? Yes. Rather, which Jack? Oh, uh, Halloween. No. Oh, Chris. That was my guess. Uh, so it wasn't Halloween. It wasn't 17 and 19. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Nobody's getting I was, it. I was certain no, it was Halloween. Nobody's getting it. Yeah, I know it's Oh, is it? It's. Oh, it. Oh. Yeah. I've not seen them. So I thought, I thought, I thought it was going to be like the get out of the night. No, no, it was. I, thought, I thought it was Halloween and Halloween Kills. That's what I thought it was. Uh, what's the scores? Do we need a tie break? Is there a clear one? Uh, I think I won 3 2, I think. I think right. as well. I think the score was on. Uh, That's the end. As a, as, a, as a bonus question, let's see. Buzzer first for Pride for Chris. Okay. Jack Palan stars as. Chris, uh, Chris, <laughs> set of slickers. Nope. Bruce, ah. I'll finish the question. And you can... I can, I can Jack, Jack Palaz stars in which character as which character oh. in City Slickers? He, he plays Curly in yeah. City Slickers. Full name? Oh, I can't remember his full name. It was... No, I can't. Washburn. Curly. Washburn. Washburn. Remember that. There you go. Are you good? So Chris, uh, Chris doesn't know Jack. Chris, Chris does. I know a little bit of Jack, but not so much of the Jack. On the point six on the podcast, movies and movies. I have foregone anything helping Chris because I've got a lot of work to do this week. So Chris, have you done anything TPP universe wise? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think anybody's returning. Even I thought like that would Jack be the Nicholson. answer. Yeah, I thought we'd done him like a, I thought we'd done a small part of Jack Nicholson somewhere, some somehow, but no. In my head, I had Casper, but I thought he was one of the faces because he had the eyebrows. But ah, no, yeah. it's not him. I think I think did the one ghost do an impression of him? That might have been where you're getting that. Maybe. I think that might have been mm, what happened. Maybe I. Uh, anyway, Chris, uh, have you recast us into the film then? I did. I'm Jack. <laughs> like I get cabin fever quite quickly. Like lockdown was a nightmare, so I could yeah. see myself going crazy. And I will just say, I do love a family. I'm not going to go around and kill them. But, <laughs> For the record. Yeah. I do, like, I can see it. Be going fucking batshit. Uh, I also see Yuspur as, in the interview, the two other guys just like saying, we'll get this guy in, do everything. We'll tell him somebody killed the, your family. That's exactly <laughs> how we did the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm Mr. Oldman, am I? Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Andy is Bill. Yeah. I will definitely be coming on to Bill. Don't you worry. Bill is featuring in the later half of this podcast. I recasted us differently. I saw myself as Jack. I thought, yes, isolation, get me away up in the middle of nowhere. I'd be happy with it, and I'll probably be fine with the possession as well. That stuff would be fine. But I thought, right, I'll make. I just as one. I, I went one direction with this, and I wanted one of you to be one specific thing. <laughs> so therefore, Chris, you're Danny, and Andy, you're Tony. That's what I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted Andy to be the, the, the finger and the voice. Of Chris, you Fuck off, Tony! I just have a fight with my finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the direction I went with it. Andy, any movies? Are the movies for you? Or me casting? Uh, right. So obviously. Um... This has obviously been made into a sequel with Hugh McGregor, which I think is pretty good casting. However, if you were to do a remake and we have to take Jack Nicholson out, I would say a current actor that would work pretty well as Jack Nicholson, I reckon, would be David Harbour. Ah, yeah. Because he's got a very similar look to him, and I reckon David Harbour could act nuts as well. He seems like a nice family man. Yeah. Be nice family man, but yeah, you're right. He and he yeah, you basically can give him any female role that doesn't look like a weird alien. Uh, <laughs> and that's open. That, that's open to any. Winona Ryder. Yeah, she's. <laughs> but she's. Yeah, she probably could. Yeah. Joe, you know go like for like Anya Taylor Joy. Nope. Too weird. <laughs> she's like forty years younger than him. <laughs> also, also, she would basically the thing. But no, I, I like the Stranger Things. We could do the Stranger Things couple. There we go. Yeah, Sorry, we that's go. that's how we recast this right now. Done. There we go. And then, and then you just put you and McGregor and you de-age him. <laughs> just have him on Golden Adult. Yeah, strike. It'd be perfect casting right there. Alrighty then. So, like I say, I've I've done my usual things. This is not the major bulk of movies and movies. So, Dead Man Walking. Uh, well, I knew. Jack was going to be dead, but I think the Grady twins basically they are dead. Dead man walking in a nutshell, and they are, are are dead. Could this film have come out in 1995? Yes, it could have done. There's nothing that means it wouldn't, but it would have just been a pointless shot for shot remake like the Vince yeah. Vaughn cycle that came out in the 90s. This would have, this would have made the same film again, like Andy says, with different actors and all that. What happens next? Well, Doctor Sleep happens next, and I've yet to see the director's cut of that. So I know former oh, yeah, Christmas need, yeah. need to get director's cut of The Shining, or the extra yeah. long cut, and the director's cut of Doctor Sleep. That's meant to be the perfect Shining ensemble. I need to see all that together. And who's in the wrong movie? Chris made reference earlier. The furry sex pig dog is in the wrong movie. I have no idea what that little furry bear thing is doing for first. Like, what is it doing? It's, it's got a mask on. But he had a mask on, so I'm know. not sure. Maybe he's got any... like a weird bestiality fetish. Or 
what it's in the film for or what link it has to anything else. It's this just is ahead like... of its time before all this furry fetish. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> this feels like, oh, well, we want to have a really weird looking thing. Oh, I know this place has got this furry pig, bear, dog, man, bear, pig thing, and we can put that on. Oh, yeah, that, that'll be fine. That'll, that'll freak everybody out. So that's in the wrong movie. Uh, nobody else is, everybody else is. Right. Room 237, the documentary that came out quite recently, but um, has a whole bunch of, basically, the theory behind this movie, in as many words, is you can pretty much find whatever you're looking for in The Shining if you're looking for it. <laughs> so all these different people find all these different subtexts and meanings to what's going on and the theories behind what Kubrick was going for and all that. But I didn't do the number one, but someone just kept saying numbers. The number 42 is really important. And then you can keep seeing number sevens everywhere. It was on and... Daddy's jumper at the start. I noticed that. Yeah. And the number seven is everywhere, and multiples of the number seven. And if you add two, three, and seven, if you multiply two, three, and seven, you get you get forty-two. It's everywhere this number, and it's like, well, that's just how numbers work. If you're looking this, this for is a certain number, all over again. I know yeah. that's on my list, by the way. If you find if you find a number and you're looking for that number, you'll keep finding that number and keep looking yeah. for that number. So I've not included that because that's 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 total BS that one. But top nine things that came out of this: the film was about the genocide of the Native American Indians. Right. Due to the Calumet baking powder being so clear in the in the larder behind the scenes because calumet means peace pipe, so this is like a peace offering because of the wronged Native American Indians. There's pictures of natives everywhere, patterns is built on an, an Indian burial ground. The blood comes up in the elevator from below, maybe as what? it's the blood of all the dead Indians coming up the elevator shaft and coming out and all that. Um, I just thought as soon as the rope it was coming down from the, the top. It could be. It could be. This is just theories. I'm just saying, yeah. if you're looking for it in this film, you can find it. Uh, and then Bill Watson, the guy who sits in the interview, he represents the oppressed Native Americans because he looks, so someone in the document says he looks like he has darker than white skin and he's ordered around to go and do stuff and he seems to be quite grumpy most of the time. So that's how he fits into this particular theory. <laughs> Which I, I definitely think Native American burial ground is the reason. I think, because it's pretty much said in the film that it's built on a Native American burial ground. So I think that's where the spirits come from. Personally, that's my opinion. Number two, Stanley Kubrick made it, and it's about the Holocaust. He types on a German brand typewriter. The number 42, that's where it comes in in this one, is prominent. 1942 is when the Germans decided to go ahead with the Holocaust. There's eagle imagery everywhere. Eagles appear often on Nazi signage and logos and all that sort of stuff. And the last shot of the picture, so now it goes, it goes, zooms in, but it goes a bit at a time, like it fades, crossfades closer and closer. The last crossfade, it makes it look like Jack Jack's uh, got a Hitler mustache. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, it's like Nicholson's hairline from the previous photograph crossfades, and it goes into his top lip for just for a split second. That's a crossfade. So this person thinks it's all about the Holocaust. This film. Theory number three: the whole film. This is not a theory. It's, it's all filled with impossibilities. In one scene that I didn't have, but you did. They're sitting watching a television that isn't plugged in anywhere. With Danny <laughs> and um, and Wendy, she's sitting on the sofa. He's on the floor watching a TV. Yeah. But it's snowing outside. It's not plugged in, but they're watching something on it. So that's impossible. Yeah, I noticed that. I wasn't like looking for a little sockets anywhere. <laughs> yeah, the amount of luggage they bring with them wouldn't have fit in the car that they came in. Like that pile of luggage they've got sitting behind them does not fit in their tiny little Beetle that they drove up in. Um, Jack, this is I put this into possibilities. Jack, when he's sitting when they first arrive with the luggage behind him, he's sitting reading Playgirl magazine in the lobby of the hotel, which is like 
not the sort of thing you would do <laughs> necessarily in the lobby of a hotel. Isn't that the guy version? Like, that, 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 that's the one. Guys in it. Your pictures of men in it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Reading that, which again seems weird in itself. The back window in Mr. Allman's office is impossible because it wouldn't be outside in that part of the hotel because you can go round the corner and like someone laid this out in detail in documentary. There's a bright window behind him when he's interviewing. That shouldn't yeah. be there. That should be inside the building. That's impossible. And basically, the whole hotel is a maze and doesn't actually make sense, as Danny explains when he's on his little trike when he goes upstairs and all that. But they go to places that are different. They go around corners that the previous time was a different room and all that. It changes as the film goes down. And they basically had a set built, so they've done it on purpose. Uh, so yeah, possibilities keeps happening. This is the strangest of all the theories. The film is full of subliminal messages about sexuality, implying that the place is haunted by demons who are sexually attracted to humans and are feeding off of them. <laughs> Which, apparently, I don't know, that's as much detail as I got for that one. This guy also saw in room 237 that the floor looks like it's got penises all over it um, and all that sort of stuff. It kind of does behind Bruce there. Oh yeah, uh, not that one. These are hexagons, but N two three seven is like penis. The... That's the that's the bathroom. It's not on there. Uh, this is one of the wilder theories. Danny is actually controlling his father and is actually in control of the whole situation, and it explains how in the entirety of the storyline, there's only one supernatural thing that happens the whole time, and that is that Jack gets out of the larder that he's locked, the freezer, the larder yeah. thing he's locked in. Um, everything else is. They think that the only person that could have done that because Wendy's running away is Danny. Danny could have gone down and let him out. So they think Danny's actually using his shine to control his father and do all this madness, but also to get him killed because he beat him up when he was like a little kid. That doesn't make sense in the sequel, so no. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, This is a very short one. The the hotel is a labyrinth and Jack is the Minotaur. <laughs> which is another one which if you want to go to Greek mythology or if it's Roman mythology I don't know that one there right this is the biggest and best theory Stanley Kubrick faked the Apollo 11 moon landings for the government yes, he did. every deviation from the book that's in the film is Stanley Kubrick writing scenes from his own experience of secretly working for the US government and having to keep it quiet when Danny enters room 237 he was wearing his Apollo 11 yeah. jumper Stanley Kubrick changed the room number from 217 to 237 for the film. He claimed it's because the hotel that they filmed in didn't want to have 217 in the film as the spooky room because no one wanted to live there. Allegedly, the hotel doesn't have a 217 either, but he changed it to 237 because it is the mean distance between the moon and Earth is 237,000 miles. That's <laughs> why he made it 237. In the interview he has, Allman, the guy behind the desk with his little flag looking like JFK, represents the US government coming to him. Can you fake the moon landings? And then Bill Watson, the silent type, is the CIA being there, making sure he does it. Uh, and that's the that's the biggest and best theory. That it's, yep. it's Sandy Kubrick admits that he did the moon landings. Uh, there's a bit more technical theory in the film than that. Sticking with the interview, this is one of my favourite ones I found. The interview isn't actually happening. It is Jack's perfect projection of how the interview went, which is why it's so successful and why he's so happy. It is implied in the film that he has always been there, so therefore he wouldn't need to interview for the job. So it's just this fake imagination, that this kind of dream sequence that Jack has of him having his interview, but he's always been there, didn't need to interview. And Bill Watson... His again coming into this, his clothes change mid scene. He has like a 
a block coloured shirt on and it changes to a patterned one and like his suit changes colour as well. Which... I'm just going to rewatch all this now. Yeah. The, no, the right, filming... If Jack's always been there, how's he got a wife and kid who come and visit? And then everybody's like speaking to Jack, going, spooky, oh, you got the job. Spooky spirits doing, doing mischief, yep. I guess, is, is always the explanation. That's and this guess. is the, the craziest theory. The film is meant to be seen both forwards and backwards. Lots of mirrors, people walking backwards, like Danny would be facing his footsteps, Wendy going up the stairs. <laughs> I thought you meant you could watch it backwards. Well, Jack regresses from being a very happy family man at the end, at the beginning, to the end, just grunting, ooh, 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 making noises as if he's like regressed back into like being an ape. So you can watch it the other way around; and it tells a different story. But they also project in the in the documentary the film being played forwards and backwards over the top of each other at the same time and they pick out like the 10 best bits that oh that could mean something and that could mean something when all oh, it's just luck like it's not meant to be done that way but there are lots of things in terms of the story goes forwards and backwards at the same time but they're the top nine random series to come out of the film i um, feel like you watched a really shit documentary there it's, it's more of like a like a video essay the whole thing it's really strange it, it's not like a normal documentary where it's like hi i'm john smith and i'm going to get to the bottom of this thing it's just crackpots being like yeah. this film is definitely about genocide here's all the things i noticed when i thought that and it seems to go that way do we have theories on what actually happened then what it's actually about chris i feel like you're ready to burst with your theory no i was gonna say i think the the soul uh like the hotel fire just claimed his soul and added it to the picture, and somebody else is going to care taken, and somebody else is going to get added to the picture. Cool. And that's how he's just a fucking nar. <laughs> used to be the caretaker, but doesn't have any recollection of being the caretaker. I've always just been here like that. So next time he'll be he'll be one of the dancers, and it'll be Jack who's be like, I corrected, I tried to correct my family, but I failed. Yeah. yeah. I reckon take, I? taking the sequel out of this, he's just a nar. Yeah. Literally, I, just it's all in his head. Yeah, so I, they're just like, it's just a job and he's like we're fucking making all this shit up in his head <laughs> I personally think it's an Indian burial ground and the spirits need a sacrifice so they just possess the winter caretaker to, to kill off because actually the Grady murders weren't the previous year they were many years ago so it's not like it happens yeah. every year so I think after a while the spirits demand sacrifice That's well pet cemeteries every 25 years I think it is you can bring you something go. back maybe it's 10 in The Shining then. There you go. that's all the theories to come out of that documentary which I own on DVD and it was on, I think, no less than six streaming services when I went to watch it. It was <laughs> everywhere, that film, TT7. Point seven on the podcast, tropes that need to die. I'm going to start with my one because Chris has already poo-pooed. I think cabin fever is a trope that needs to die. I thought that lockdown across the world proved that nobody would go particularly mad if they'd be locked up for a year. So I think cabin fever, proven to be not true. Yeah, but we've got internet. Yeah. Fair point. If I that, people go batshit crazy. To be fair, watching. I also Jack never seems to go outside. I was I was in the back garden drinking the whole time. So yeah, that's a good point. You should have. Yeah, was the winter? Yeah, you couldn't really go. <laughs> and uh, and alcohol's like that's the thing. Alcohol's the key. The amount of bottles of oh, aviation gin, crates <laughs> of beer I went through. Christ, I should do a Jack and go sober. <laughs> uh, right, Chris, what's your trope? Uh, you've mentioned quite a few times the the horror trope that I've been going for is Indian burial ground. <laughs> like not every creepy house and hotel has to be built on an Indian burial ground. Like I would have made this whole um ambiguous thing that he's got going with this film even better if it was just a hotel. And every now and again people just went nuts. I didn't have to have an Indian burial ground like what films with uh, Poltergeist. It's the one that's got the burial ground. It? The fact that the house implodes yeah. itself in that one. 
It would come after this, though. Yeah, the fun film we did a few seasons ago, Amityville Horror. That was an engine burrow. Was that the burial ground as well? Yeah. Well, that was, that was yeah. definitely before this. But then I suppose it depends when he wrote The Shining. I don't know if that was part of the story that he brought with him or not. But, uh, so, I think but, the yeah. engine burial ground needs to do, finally just be laid to rest and come up with another excuse. <laughs> no no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, what's your trope when you said I? Uh, bear with me in this one. Danger wanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why is he just in the hotel just going like that? Oh, shit, there's Danny. I don't remember that part of the film. <laughs> just like, you got a hot woman coming out of the bathtub scene, and it's like, oh, right, where's this going? Where's this going? And then suddenly, scary women. Right, it's like, okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd call it Danger Man because I knew I'd get a reaction out of Chris. But no, just, <laughs> just always, just like some nice titties followed by granny titties. Just, that's going to stop. The, the siren, I guess you would call. Like yes, they, they call the sailors over and then turns out they're monsters. Yeah, no, they've got, that's got to stop. And like, especially in horror films, because you know it's always going to happen. It never ends well, does it? Yeah. I'm going to add a second one. The magic mirror that displays everything. Like, she's really hot, and he's kissing her, and then out of nowhere, he looks in the mirror, and she's hideous. I yeah, think you, can, like, you can then see it. Yeah, that's fine as a danger one. Okay, that's a new classification. I'm not putting best, best danger wank as a, a nomination. <laughs> Right, nominations. Point eight on the podcast. Chris, you start us off when we argue with you. Uh, best actor, I went for Jack Nicholson. Right. Yes. Fact. Um, my best support, and I'll put Shelley Duvall. I went yeah. Scatman. 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 <laughs> I mean, two for one, but I mean, he's only in it for like three seconds. I'd put him as Cameron. But he, he aces it. And also the Saturn Awards said he was best of the year. Yeah. So I felt that was all the evidence I needed to, to settle on it. Uh, but yeah, Shelley needs a shout out. I think. He's, he's also most unexpected as Hong Kong Fury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big Hong Kong food. Okay, uh, my biggest bailing and villain is Jack. I obviously best villain is definitely Jack. Biggest bailing is the charismatic enigma that is Bill Watson in his interview. He is the best bailing. He's just so grumpy and just like, Ugh, yeah, oh, it's just so miserable. I think he's meant to be the summertime caretaker, so he's really judgmental. Why do you do all year that? round? You get paid a mint for that. Uh, yeah, well, I guess maybe he doesn't want to kill his family, I guess. But yeah, I had him as biggest belly because he just seems like an absolute twat to Jack when he comes <laughs> into the interview. And he follows them around the whole time they're getting the tour at the back, being a, a miserable get. And then, oh, go take their bags. You're not doing anything else, Bill. Go take a bag up to the room. Fine. <laughs> and he just storms <laughs> off. <laughs> like, all right, you're belly. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to say Jack, you can say Jack if you want. Uh, my best death of his dicks. He's Halloran, isn't he? When you say Dick, uh, I just I just call him Halloran. Dick yes, Dick all timer best death, I think. I'm 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 yeah, thinking he's high like up in the one ring. or two deaths, and how yeah. the death is a great death. So, um, the best animal object was going to be the trike, but it is now the snow drift outside of the window because I could have hours of fun of that <laughs> sliding down. Yeah. So I had I had snow cat, but I'm worried. I think the axe might be the best inanimate object. If you could, if you could have I think one best bit... weapon, because apparently that's a thing. Is that a thing? Best weapon? All right, we'll go for best <laughs> weapon. But yeah, one. If there's one inanimate object I could have from this film, I would want the axe. Basically, is, is how I summed it up. I want the snow cat. The snow cat's a good one. Yeah. So maybe that. If, if we're both saying that, that's the best inanimate object. Okay. Then the best weapon is the axe. Um, my best plan was Danny's maze ruse. Yep, definitely. Um. The worst plan is, I would say, actually taking the job. I don't know. I think it was a good plan. I think. Yeah. Because it sounds like he was, he wasn't having a good time wherever he was. He's so, going to get paid to write. He doesn't have to like, do anything. Nobody's going to stop yeah, him. That's the exactly. dream job. 
And there was a handy mention of them before. I can't remember. Building a hotel on the edge of burial grounds? That might be the worst plan. Building the place there in the first place might be the worst plan. Best set was a hotel. Aye. Uh, my Michael Peña award was uh, the story about the previous caretaker from yeah, I can't remember Allman. Uh, worst father figure Jack, obviously. Yeah, I mean, definitely. He ripped his kid's arm out at one point. So. <laughs> yeah. As before he got possessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, best line because it's so iconic. Here's Johnny. I think it's too overplayed. I think it's lost its best line. But I do have here's Johnny as best entrance. Yeah. That yeah, yeah that's my best entrance is Jack breaking yeah. down the door. Yeah. I'm not sure it's best line. I think there's probably a better line. Like, you're distracting me. The bit I said at the beginning, I really like that. I'll keep it the one where he's, um, just before he gets bashed with the the bat, he's going upstairs going, life, light of my life. Yeah, that's that stuff, yeah. Let's go for that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Darling. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, Give me the bat. <laughs> uh, the best costume is Danny's jumpers. I love a good wee nitty jumper. I went best costume. I went Danny as well. But his red jumper, denim dungarees, red Converse trainers that he had <laughs> at one point. You might use that one. No, it's when he's on his trike and he, he looks the, the door. Right. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that oh. one. Uh, maybe that one. Anyway, red jumper, denim dungarees. Yeah, is definitely best costume. But yeah, Danny's Danny's outfit. So go ahead. Uh, most pornographic is the hot naked lady before she comes an old hag. Danger wank. <laughs> okay. Joe, I, I forgot about it. It could be um, Scatman's naked pictures. Ah, uh, fair enough. There's a double Maybe. bubble there. It's easy to pair for. <laughs> what Scatman? Best pair of Scatman. Uh, this is harsh because he's not an annoying kid, but he is a creepy kid, and creepy kids are annoying. So I put Danny as most annoying kid. Ah, uh, Tony. Mo- I'm, I'm just, you know, Tony. <laughs> And <laughs> Tony, yeah. Worst kiss, Jack kissing that old lady. Yeah, I've got. Uh, what, 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 uh, Jack and the scabby old lady is what I wrote. Oh, uh, best product placement, all the Heinz stuff in the, the Heinz. I'm right. Heinz, that's I left it blank. I knew there was something because I was too busy like looking at the Heinz stood up too much stuff for me. <laughs> right, Heinz is the winner. That's uh, that, that you? Uh, what have you missed out on? Uh, best food, that freezer full of meat sounded right. appealing. Best hair, I think Danny's got a proper head of hair. I liked his <laughs> hair. It's a bit mullety, but just enough not a mullet that it's quite fashionable, I think. I've done that one. Best plan, best product placement. Best score, absolutely best score. The actual, I for, this is the first time I've watched it in a while with proper full-on headphones on. It's, throughout, the sounds are really good. It's really good. It's too loud. Yeah, some bits of it. But then Midnight the Stars and You for best song, because that's, that's an absolute well, banger. You do that. Yep. <laughs> Love that song. Uh, done Scatman for best supporting. Oh, best twi- most obvious oh. name, Jack, J- Tom, Jack. and Danny. Thank you because the actors are called Jack and Don. Oh, of course, Danny. Danny's Danny as well. Yeah. So best, best obvious, most obvious naming is the two of them. Best twist: Halloran getting immediately murdered upon getting there. <laughs> yeah. That's a good twist. Uh, done him. Done that. I think covering most of my worst cop. Maybe the guy on the radio from like the Forestry Commission or whatever it is that they're speaking no, to. No, you did callbacks and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, he was, he was way overly helpful. I thought he was being a bit eye rolly, like oh god. I thought he was he could have been a dick, like oh yeah, you're fine, fuck off. Right, but he didn't. Yeah. He was nice. Cool. I think that's it. We've actually you and me most had most of the same ones. I think. Uh, Andy, have you got any to add? No, because your product placement. placement. Heinz. <laughs> Heinz in a landslide. On to point nine, the moral of the story, what we thought we were supposed to learn from the movie. Andy, what's your moral of the story? Don't build hotels on Indian burial grounds. Same. That's what I had. 
Oh, to go different. I said, women, you can't live with them, you can't live without them. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, has been crazy. It's been a while. It, it wasn't this time because it was him that was crazy. But yes, uh, I had gone for the same as Andy. On to point 10, the 10 point rating we rate movie out of 10. I didn't pick it, but I was going to pick it, so I'll take the go. I'll go first, and I'll say a very short one. Quite possibly my favourite film. It's a ten for me. I'm sorry, Andy. I've got you going next. <laughs> well, you're you're a mad bastard because it's not that good. Uh, I much prefer. I actually do love Doctor Sleep. Like that is like you, McGregor. It's good. That I feel like that is a better film, and the last forty five minutes is just The Shining done well in that film. Uh, this is not bad. It sets up ground things. Has obviously been all the way through but it only gets a six from me a six from andy and chris what about you what i love about the shine is it's uh how different it is to every other horror film it's not like full-on jump scares uh just for the sake of it it's like it focuses on suspense and lets us like nobody knows what actually happened in the film kind of thing like everybody's imagining everybody's theory in the film's different so like there's a reason this film's been powering so many times uh, the only issue I have is I don't find it scary whatsoever. Yeah, it's not for me. It's not a horror film. It's just like a, a thriller. But it's a drama. It's, drama. Yeah. It's still worthy of an eight for me. Eight from Chris. So twenty-four. Uh, eight overall. So Chris nailed it. The official rating from the Ten Point Podcast is an eight out of ten for The Shining. I just absolutely love this film. It's uh, there are problems with it, but it's one of these films that I just love. I could watch it over and over again, but I wouldn't not, say not it's the greatest. I could watch it over and over again. Like I have to say, I've, I've watched it twice and a documentary on it in like the last four days. <laughs> so, like, and you still watch. even haven't watched the whole version. Fucking I know. That's why I'm so excited. I'm buzzing for Christmas now. I can watch the whole the whole film. It might go down. It might be worse if they add an extra half hour in. Um, so that was the wheel. Uh, now basically, it was two Sean picks in the wheel in a row. Uh, the often mentioned but never seen Sean, but they picked four films now between them. The wheels. Oh, he's a show because he's letting me use his laptop. So <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. That's why you can see Chris this week. I know. I'm, I'm actually here for once. Uh, the Shining, Old School, Batman Begins, and Beautiful Creatures. Now, this is why I was mentioning before. I could not remember what happened in Beautiful Creatures whatsoever because I'm trying to come up with a theme for these four. Magical powers. What's the other ones? Uh, old school. Oh. <laughs> yeah. the tank. Yeah, he's the I went for Big Return um, because Beautiful Creatures, I'm sure someone returned in that. Some evil person came back. Oh, yeah, the hot one. She came back. I guess she did. Uh, Batman comes back to Gotham and Batman begins. Yeah. Old school was the return of Frank the Tank. <laughs> and then The Shining, it's all the Halloran getting yeah. back to the hotel again. <laughs> so I went for returns, but I'm not sure. Any other guesses? All like, I'll add is The Shining fits into my theme, which is not aliens and meteors hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's not the fact that it was pointed out by one listener who spoke to me that Evolution and what was it, Slither are the same film. Some <laughs> <laughs> four weeks apart. Yep. <laughs> uh, right, next time, I have Chris as being next. Is that correct? Uh, oh, is. for those who are still made it to the end here, a uh, two week gap before the next episode. Uh, we are off. For one normal episode, uh, would be gone. Would is gone, but two weeks later we'll be back. So you'll miss one week's worth, and we'll be back again on on the usual rhythm. Chris, what are you picking? Right. How do you follow up the Shining with the Reynolds? That's how you follow it up. And it's been a while since we had a film about the food service, so my uh, pick is Waiting. What a film! Waiting. Never seen it. This is uh, one of my favourite films, other than Chef. 
<laughs> I see a theme. <laughs> it's got the it's got the best that is why I've ever been drinking the aviation gin to the entire episode. Wow, yeah. Yeah. you've been named yeah, Chris, best best use of a scrotum ever, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Doesn't make me want to see it. <laughs> Ryan no, Reynolds no, make you want to, invent, want to play a new game. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, Anna Faris. Yep. Star in what's it tell me? It is a oh. oh. Oh, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what happened there. My computer, <laughs> my, my computer turned off for the change. It wasn't Chris's. And I will give you a clue since the Clerks 2 is kind of botching up my um, theme. You Does that mean it doesn't fit? name from Clerks 2 and add it to parts of the name. This is not a theme. The film. It is to create an actor. You're trying to spell somebody. I am. So my right. theme is an actor. Theme is an actor. Right. Is it Ryan Reynolds by any chance? No. Because no. I've got one more pick which will elaborate my theme. Okay, well this is the most complicated theme ever. Exactly. exactly. I'm, I put effort in so you don't guess it in the first try. Like, which I, which I, would, I, would, I would almost argue that it's not a theme if you're just spelling out something with movie picks. <laughs> this theme is an actor. Right. All will be made to... Well, I know. An acting theme would be all your films have that actor in it. Well, technically, the theme is comedy, which this guy is a comedy actor. Just like The Shining. You can all think about exactly. that for, for two weeks. You get to think about that uh, for what Chris is talking about with his theme. Uh, so you all have 14 days to find waiting. I'm assuming it's not too uh, easy to find. So good luck, find, good luck finding that. And we'll see you next time on the 10 Point Podcast.